Welcome to TSOH Weekly, episode number seven. My name is Alex Morris of the TSOH Investment Research Service. With me, as always, Francisco Oliveira, RVLO Capital Management. Today's topic is Airbnb, which recently reported as Q2 earnings. Um, number of interesting trends in the business. I kind of view them as an extension of, of what's been going on for the last couple of years in terms of uh, some of the efforts around cost efficiency. I guess, you know, we have Zuckerberg at Meta talking about year of efficiency. I think you could say Airbnb was the predecessor even to Meta in terms of uh, year of efficiency, given what they lived through during the pandemic and and what they've done subsequently. Uh, the other huge variable that I've been been writing about for uh, the last few years now is is this mix of of ADRs and nights booked and what that kind of reflects in the underlying business and and now we have some interesting dynamics in terms of what what management's doing to to try to help you know address some of those uh, air quotes problems. So, uh, what are your thoughts? What what you see in the quarter that was interesting to you? No, I think I think that sums it well. I think what the dynamics of of uh, you know the daily rates ADRs um, with the supply is was, was the thing that kind of jumped out to me because management said that on a comparable basis the ADRs were down four percent um, year over year and I think that's interesting because they're 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 still growing revenue pretty nicely right I think nearly twenty percent uh, revenue growth when adjusted for currency. Um, when when the U.S. market has has negative ADRs, and they continue to say that actually they they think that's a healthy dynamic that they want that dynamic to continue. They're providing um, hosts better tools to be able to price more efficiently and, and competitively, um, and they're looking at at a uh, hotel rates, which are not necessarily. I know you can chime in on a lot of this. They're not necessarily the most comparable thing compared to. To Airbnb, but when hotel rates are growing, uh, you know, high single digits, low double digits year over year, and you have overall ADRs down, um, with revenue still growing strongly, and and them signaling that that's going to continue, I thought that was a you know very interesting dynamic, and I think um, if they can pull that off going forward, they're going to have a much healthier ecosystem, and potentially attract a lot more supply. Um, and you know, I, I'm curious to hear your your thoughts on on that, and what you know, if, if even comparing to hotels is the right way to to view them. Um, I know you mentioned to me offline a couple of of stats um, of Airbnbs of of the the people that are staying for a week or or a month, uh, which might not compare to like staying at a Marriott for for instance. But but overall, I think it's you know. A lot of people would look at the ADRs and be like, oh, down 4%, that's bad, but it could potentially be something extremely healthy for the business. Yeah, I think it's a key part of understanding what Airbnb actually is, right? I mean, I don't I don't know if people typically or investors typically stand back and go, you know, hey, almost half of this business is stays of seven plus days. And, you know, depending on if you're traveling alone or with your family, you know, the nature of the trip is a vacation or is it business related? I think there's, there's obviously a certain type of trip that is an Airbnb stay, honestly, probably more the, the, uh, you know, kind of the original use case for the platform, less of these long-term stays, more staying on someone's couch or in a, in a single room in a house that's occupied. Um, that's, that's probably more competitive in my mind with traditional accommodations and, I think a lot of the growth, uh, you know, particularly in the in the post 
or in the pandemic world, how it changed some of these, uh, some of these patterns. I think you saw more of whole home. You saw more of rural, you know, vacation type uh, stays, or at least how we would historically categorize those in that fashion. Um, you know, I think length of stay and type of accommodation is is something that's very different from a traditional hotel. And I think some of the actions that they're taking where in a category where I, I see them as a, a clear dominant leader, especially in the market like the U.S., it's interesting to see them still take somewhat aggressive action on things like um, service fees after the third month for long-term stays. They're taking significantly lower fees from the host. Uh, they've added the functionality to be able to pay with a bank account, for example, to make it more affordable uh, for, for both sides of the transaction in terms of the net cost. So they continue to be basically aggressive and innovative kind of across the entire business, even in areas where, again, in my mind, they're kind of a dominant leader. And I think it just speaks to the whole, I think it just speaks to the culture. And I think it speaks to um, also the, you know, again, like the very significant stress that this company went through not very long ago in early 2020. Yeah. And, and do you think, so you mentioned that roughly half of, of you know, gross bookings are, or the stays are, are people who were staying for, for, you know, a week or, or so. Um, and 18, so there's another stat, 18% are, are people who are staying for roughly a month uh, or so or more. Do you think the dynamics of the business lend itself that these percentages continue to increase? Like, what, you know, eventually 60% of people are staying for a week or more and eventually a quarter of people are staying for a month or more. Is that the direction that the that the company wants to take? I think Chesky in particular believes that this is where it could go over time. And I think he sees, he sees the increasing, uh, increasingly common for people to work remotely, um, you know, versus, you know, it might be, there was a good article this week in the Wall Street Journal about smuckers, how they've kind of changed what's expected of people working at headquarters. And they kind of have a certain number of core weeks every year where they're at headquarters. And besides that, they work remotely all the time. I believe it was, I believe it was 22 weeks a year, um, maybe slightly lower than that. But I, I think he sees that kind of evolution happening and, you know, getting to this place where, there's a use case in between kind of a traditional weekend trip uh, at one extreme and then, you know, ownership slash one year leases in terms of renting an apartment or something like that. You know, people just having more flexibility in terms of where they live and for how long, you know, they kind of live there. Um, I think he sees an opportunity. Um, I'm a little bit less certain on that. I think there's a certain percentage of the population that that'll probably work for. I also think there's a much larger percentage of the population that that's going to be uh, cumbersome and, and unrealistic with kids and things like that. Um, so I, I think it's to be seen. That said, I think you know again they can help drive some of this in terms of of what their what their cut of the transaction is and making it more efficient and continue to innovate on their end. Um, and then also you know they're just well positioned depending on how it kind of plays out over time. Yeah, uh, because I think. You know, that's, that's interesting because I think if you're going to, if you're going to keep ADR stable and, and, or going down for a meaningful period of time while signaling that like, this is still the early innings of this huge transition in the economy and, and people u utilizing these, this real estate more efficiently, um, you're going to need to, a lot more supply to come in 
and or a lot more available nights, you know, to help that supply. So that's going to be interesting dynamic to see if it, if his thesis plays through because if it does, um, and there's really uh, we're still in the early innings of this kind of transformation in the in the real estate market as a whole. I think you could say, um, then that bodes extremely well for for this business, um, and and it bodes well for the consumer as well, and and having a lot of alternative accommodations. But I don't know. I'm I'm sort of. I, I can see the bullish side, but you know, uh, a lot of a lot of execution needs to needs to be met here. Yeah, I think it's partly part of what makes this business unique, right? And and you can comp it to a VRBO or something and say, what really is the difference between these two things? And then I think on the ground as a as a customer, as an investor who follows things for a period of time, you, you can start to notice things that that make them slightly different from one another, right? And it's it's why one five to 10 years down the road can be very, be in a much stronger position relative to the other potentially. And I think this is one good example where, you know, they frequently talk about hosts starting as guests on the platform. And obviously it's the dominant, dominant platform for alternative accommodations. And they talk about hosts on the platform also word of mouth being one of the main ways that they add incremental supply. And you saw this during COVID where, you know, traditional travel to to cities and downtown areas was obviously significantly impacted, and they saw a lot of growth in supply and also demand in in rural and other areas that you know were less commonly traveled to um, pre pandemic. And you know, it's the inherent adaptability of the platform as part of part of what what is so interesting to me about Airbnb. Yeah, well, I think that's a good place to end it here. Um, good discussion, and we'll we'll continue to follow closely. Thanks, everybody.